back to the Trees and Nylon podcast. My name is Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees, Nylon, whatever you want. And I am joined today by one half of the Orienteer Mapazine uh, tag team duo and also a photographer extraordinaire is Roy Griffin. Roy, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And thank you for the intro. It's a nice yeah. one. Um, it's always fun. Yeah. You can go ahead. You can go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, it's unfortunate that Jack couldn't be with us today. Um, he's uh, busy on a shoot, but mm. we'll definitely look out for that one in the future. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a little foreshadowing what we're going to get into later. Um, exactly. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say that it's a little bit awkward when I'm entering people because we have a little pre-show chat. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to start. And then you just kind of sit there awkwardly while I go into like a radio voice and kind of just talk for a little while. But anyway, you know, it keeps the show flowing. So that's fine. Uh, but anyway, Rory, this is the Trees and Nylon podcast. We talk about trees. And we also talk about nylon kind of working through a past, present, and future uh, relationship with uh, both of those topics. So before we jump into the real meat and potatoes of the show, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? And if they don't well, know, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a difficult one, really. Um, yeah, I mean, for people that don't know about the magazine, uh, just quickly go into that on this one. But uh, mm-hmm. it's like a magazine that kind of focuses on the outdoors, specifically a lot of fashion, uh, but also a lot of lifestyle pieces. You know, in the past, we worked with some hiking clubs, um, which we always try to like have a nice interview piece on people as well. But then alongside the magazine, I'm running a lot of uh, for, for my own photography projects, which are, I would say, I don't even know the percentage, but I'd say at least like 70% of them nowadays would be kind of considered in the outdoor world um, or kind of at least sportswear, you know, um, which is obviously relating to your podcast quite heavily mm-hmm. because a lot of them will be shot outdoors um, in these kind of uk spaces uh quite often but obviously some around europe as well and then you know nylon all of these brands are probably using nylon in some way so yeah yeah <laughs> hence the name trees and nylon you know, exactly I'm, I'm very smart. I it took me weeks of of storyboarding and mood boarding posts to you know to, to come up with the name trees and nylon it really was i had like a, a team of scientists working on it basically it wasn't just me on a walk with my dog <laughs> for sure <laughs> well i i love the name to be fair it's pretty genius um and it, it just it works really well but also i'll say this now and i think i said this before do you have mm-hmm. a really quite good voice for the podcast oh yeah you did say that to me you messaged that you said don't think i'm weird or anything but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah thank you thank you I I don't know if it's like the voice that I've trained myself to have or if it's natural or if it's just like a persona I put on. Uh, But yeah, thank you for that. It's one of those ones where it's kind of easy to listen to, which is great. And also, you know, from listening to a lot of the people you've had on the podcast, what I like is obviously you've chatted to a lot of guys from the UK. Um, Yeah, mostly. Yeah, they have different accents all anyway, but it's just interesting that you're kind of like on the complete other spectrum of that kind of English, but American accent, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's no, something there that works really well. I bring them all on though. That's, that's how I get the accent, you know, cause yeah. the accent. So <laughs> I guess the only way to start is by beginning. So let's go ahead and jump into, would you like to go trees or nylon first? Uh, I, I, I think everybody goes for the trees first, don't mm-hmm. they? This is a, this is a common theme. Common theme. Yeah. 
Um, it, is it because that kind of introduces the nylon <laughs> or I don't understand. What's, the, what's the psychology behind picking trees first? <laughs> yeah, it must be because people want to think about the questions about the clothes before yeah. they go into it. So they're like, oh, let's quickly go back in time and think about that from the beginning of <laughs> when I was first outdoors in nature, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hey, guess- it could be that or it could be that just they just like clothes more than they like going outside. It could be easy like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go for the trees, I guess, to kind of follow right. in line. Sounds good, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if word. I want to... I don't know if yeah. I want to be that guy on here yet to be like, nah, just go straight into the <laughs> nylon. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I understand. Um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit about how you got started with enjoying the outdoors. What was it like for a, a child, a child Rory? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a super interesting one for me to think about because when I was younger, I used to actually live on like a canal boat. Um, mm, wow. And that is like quite amongst nature anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was always playing like, you know, I don't even know how to describe that anymore, <laughs> but it was just, for me, it was kind of normal. But I guess you'd be really in amongst it all. Um, I lived right next to uh, this kind of... I don't even know. It's, it's not even super cool or anything, but it's just like a, it's called like the Aquadrome. It's just a bunch of lakes. Um, people go bird watching there, all this kind of stuff. Okay. So, you know, kind of interested initially in that sense. Um, but then I don't know, in the UK, you know what Scouts is as well? Uh, like Boy Scouts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know they, honestly, I thought that was an only American thing and that might just be like a myopic lens to look at it through. Oh no, it's called Boy Scouts of America. So they have a Boy Scouts of the UK or? They do. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And, and I went to Scouts. Um, it was actually oh, like kind of literally down the road from the canal, which is quite cool. Um, so yeah, that was, that was probably like a initial introduction because We'd go kayaking, um, go on like visits to Wales, um, you know, go camping, learn all your classical like fire making and stuff like that. And I guess it's something that was kind of lost over time a little bit because yeah, sure. there was there's like a point in time where you kind of stop doing that. Um, you think, oh, this isn't this isn't cool. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> but then I don't know. There's always a way to get back into it. Um, and I think what's interesting is I'm from just outside of London um, in Hertfordshire and, you know, it's got a lot of kind of outdoor spaces there. Nothing crazy, like nothing that you'd be like, oh, wow. But there's a lot of forests, um, quite a lot of walks. And actually, even when I was kind of like a teenager, instead of going out to, I don't know where, you know, if you if you're in London, I guess the thing is I did go to a skate park as well, but you'd go to like the forest and go mountain biking, or mm. you know, always been in amongst these spaces. So I guess that's where that kind of love for it all comes from. Yeah. Wow. So it sounds like surrounded by nature on the canal boat, and then also you went mountain biking a lot and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was into that. Um, it was not again you know people would like build jumps in the woods um (laughs) so just going to do stuff like that and uh i used to skateboard i still skateboard a little bit um when i have time 
uh, also into a bit of like, as I said, mountain biking, BMXing. It was all those kind of, I don't know, those sports all kind of came into one because I think that you had the space to do it there. And it wasn't mm-hmm. like, a, you know, it wasn't like I was going out of the way to do any of this. It was yeah. more just like another activity that you can bring into your everyday life somehow. Talk about the present now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So the present would be. Um, what do you do? How often do you get out and hike? That's the real question. <laughs> Not as much as I would like to, but then. The it de- <laughs> yeah. It, de- it depends what you class it as because, you know, sometimes I'd be on a shoot um, and we're going somewhere quite far away, um, you know, climbing. Wow, not climbing to the top of mountains on shoots really although we have done that for one of them for the mag but a lot of the a lot of the shoots are outdoors but i don't know yeah. whether you'd class that as the kind of it's not like an so it's not that like i don't enjoy it but it's it's not the same level as enjoyment as going on a hike you yeah. know because it's you business. don't have that kind of exactly yeah and you don't have that freedom um i really like the you know one thing I'm super into is uh, wild camping, um, mm. you know, going for like a couple of days off the grid. Um, mm. Yeah, really just kind of getting away from everything. Whereas on a shoot, you're really in the middle of it. And, yeah. you know, if you wanted to compare the headspace of being in the city, uh, it doesn't change too much because mm. you're still just as busy and everything around you is going at such a fast pace um whereas you know the main goal of like kind of getting outdoors and hiking i suppose is to escape that busyness yeah yeah definitely definitely i understand because i was going to say that uh when you were asking like how do you qualify like hiking and camping or hiking or walking or anything like that with the shoots and i was gonna say well you know if you're if you're out away from the city then i would you know it's about being in nature and all that good stuff so you know, you kind of already, you're kind of already answered that, that it is basically just, you move the city to whatever mountain you're on and you're, you're just experiencing it out there instead of, you know, in between a bunch of buildings. Yeah. And I think well, that's an interesting dynamic. Obviously I love the fact that part of the photo shoots that I do, I get the experience to actually be able to go outdoors with work. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously I feel quite lucky about that because it's uh completely different to being stuck in an office sometimes. Um, and also I have to do that as well, you know? Um, so I guess weighing up the differences and the benefits of all of them, it does work nicely. But then yeah. another thing that's quite funny is I don't know if you've seen any photos of how much stuff I carry around normally when I'm shooting. I don't know if I have. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> do you have any pictures of it on the gram? Um, I will have a quick look if I do, but I don't know if I do. Um, if there are uh, they'll be quite recently let me double check i mean there are some in some slide posts you'll be able to find them but you know i'm always using like lighting and uh have like a massive rucksack i shoot on a few different cameras most of the time so i don't make it easy for myself let's just say that (laughs) oh yeah here's one with your uh behind the scenes for issue four uh, you see you've got three cameras and lighting and that's, yeah. you know, that's a lot already. I was, I just, I just said, um, I just did a podcast uh, yesterday actually with foot down. I don't know if you follow him either. Um, 
but I just assume that everyone I talk to knows everyone else that I talk to. So I'm just going to keep assuming that. I mean, uh, I'll be I, honest. I, I know who they all are. Um, okay. all, the, all the Instagram guys. I do know who they all are. Yeah. Nice. I look at their stuff. It's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 So I just did a, a podcast with him <clears throat> and he was talking about how, uh, you know, taking a camera on a shoot is something that he's getting into a lot or taking a camera on a hike is what I meant to say. It's something he's a lot more, uh, he's becoming a lot more accustomed to because, you know, he likes to get those nice shots when he's out there and long exposure stuff. And he doesn't bring lighting or anything, but just having a camera itself, I told him that it's just a lot of work. If you're going on a mm. hike just for enjoyment, having a camera is just like extra weight, especially for me. Cause like I have a backpack, I'm going to have my dog with me. And then I also now have to carry a camera. It's like, man, oh yeah, I got to leave one of those behind, you know? I can't take them all. Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole thing is that I guess, I mean, you know, I, I hate to say it, but if you are happy enough with using an iPhone um, mm -hmm. to take your photographs, let's say, or yeah. whatever phone you have, um, then you probably don't really need a camera because it's just as good. And to be fair, you know, I don't know how the funny thing about being a photographer is you can be on a shoot with people and they take a picture on a phone and they say, Oh, can you make it look like that? And you're like, <laughs> well, <laughs> it doesn't work like that exactly. You know? So sometimes the phone is a better tool to have and it fits in your pocket. So yeah, I understand the, the, the not wanting to carry a camera around part of it massively. But yeah, even even when I went I went hiking on the weekend, um, I think I had like three cameras on me, probably just to go Jeez. hiking. Yeah, yeah. That's part of your lifestyle. <laughs> even even for just like an enjoyment level hike, you're still carrying around three cameras. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Three cameras and, like, and only, a phone. Yeah, and a phone. Yeah, I don't <laughs> oh, wow. really. I, I you could probably ask a couple people, but I don't really. I use my phone a lot for work. But I don't mm. take many photos on my phone. Um, like I do, but not the same level, you know, because uh, I just don't really think about it like that when I'm out. Like if I have my camera on me, I'd much prefer to capture it on that. And also they go somewhere because I shoot a lot of film as well. So it all gets stored. Um, and, you know, I don't even... I don't even show anybody most of the photos that I take. They don't really oh, wow. go anywhere. So they're more just to have. And... Um, kind of got like this visual diary in um hmm. both physically and also kind of just i can remember back to a yeah. lot of photographs so i know what they look like and like i've even I'm, i haven't done anything with it yet but i've got a collection of images that i know that i want to do something with at some point um which hmm. is more like a personal project or i don't okay. even know it's always there's always something developing out of it and i think that that dynamic helps me kind of in a creative way as well because mm -hmm. it's good to kind of not have the constant flow of images um from a phone or from instagram or from any of these social media platforms influencing everything you think about oh, you know yeah yeah, 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 yeah. different unique you know yeah and also when sometimes when brands are asking me to like put together some kind of mood board or idea for them um mm -hmm. it's great for me to just have my own photographs to put in there yeah um especially you know like location scouting or any of this stuff it's just like oh i actually have an archive of mm -hmm. a lot of this imagery and this is a perfect way to just put it in there and not just be taking something off somebody else's page or off another brand's website for example yeah you're not swiping anything as cooper said no more swipes yeah, it's I, all original content 
that's really cool well i like to yeah i like to think that but i have to even i think everybody does it you know i see things on instagram i think oh that's cool like i'd love to do something like that but i'll be honest a lot of the stuff that i see on instagram that i like it's not from like a branded photo shoot or from like a professional shoot uh sometimes i just see stuff that my friends are up to and i'll be like oh that clicks in my mind to inspire me to make a project that's like Mm something quite obscure of the idea that they were trying to portray maybe. So yeah. it's, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but yeah, <laughs> that's why the camera's there. Constantly inspired. I like that a lot. You got the, my girlfriend says that she has the vision, which means that you just look around and you see something in your room. You're like, all right, if I take it from this angle, like that would be a good photo. You just have to figure out a way to line up what's in your head with what's, uh, what's in front of you, you know? Yeah, I I actually love that ideology a little bit as well because I brought like a toy camera the other day mm. um, and it prints out black and white photographs oh, onto nice. receipt paper. Oh, that's so, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's called, what do you call that type of printing? Uh, some like, maybe even some kind of like heat transfer or, mm. yeah, not 100% sure, but um, I love that camera. I uh, you get like 72 pictures out of one roll of the newspaper um and i literally sat in my living room and took 72 pictures um (laughs) the first day i got it just to try it out just to just to see how it works or what (laughs) i mean yeah also yeah testing how it works but also i don't know you can get quite interesting i don't know it's more about like shape and form and light and okay yeah, you can kind of strip all the basics back with photography. Um, and that's where, I don't know, you can kind of progress the most or learn from. Because once you have a lot of kind of, I don't know, uh, so much going into it, you know, yeah. it almost becomes mathematical sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I also like as well. But sometimes it's nice to not have that. And I think that's why, especially with, the kind of outdoor guys that are posting all these photographs they sometimes create these images which i really like because you know they're just captured in the moment um they're not really thinking about selling products or what the end goal of the imagery is sometimes they're just doing it for the fun of it um which does i guess that's why a lot of these kind of instagram accounts have blown up because everybody's striving towards a kind of authentic um image and that's sometimes the most authentic you can get i guess mm-hmm. i was going to say that um i saw so used to make a lot of videos uh for youtube for whatever for myself and um one of the biggest not inspirations but kind of i guess inspirations that i took from uh doing all of that was you don't really need the most expensive gear you don't even need good gear as long as you have a vision for what you want and you have like you know the talent to record nice shots or you know how to get a good composition you can kind of do anything like i remember there was mm. some film festival man oh the sucks that i can't remember but they basically shot everything on a camcorder just like a one-hand camcorder and mm. they won a bunch of awards for it because like the story was so good and it was the composition was so like in line with the story they were trying to tell that it didn't have to be shot on 4K IMAX with a sweeping orchestral like uh, soundtrack. Yeah, it's a camcorder video, and it won. 
know? this is this is yeah this is the basis of everything you know um mm-hmm. I, I i think it's great and i think that going into anything um i'll actually touch base on this when we talk about nylon as well so remind mm-hmm. me um yeah. and i hope i can remember the point i want to make about it <laughs> but what it is is that you know if you go into something buying already the best kit um not to say that that can help you um because sometimes the best kit's even more confusing but mm-hmm. if you're already going into it with that mindset then you can't really learn from the very basics and i think the you know especially when with photography i think like learning from the very very basic start of everything is super important um when i i was i studied photography from when i was 16 years old actually and i kind of did that in college um we were just shooting black and white film um hand printing that and that was like the end result you know you wouldn't even scan that or do anything with it you just have that hand print and then uh kind of started moving on to color um scanning that and i don't even i i, I don't even know it's just from that basic beginning i'm so glad that i had done that because even learning how to use a digital camera um from film photography is much easier than learning how to just use a digital camera because I don't really, you know, I know how to use digital camera completely, obviously, but I just use basic settings on it. You know, everything's Mm -hmm. completely manual. I don't really touch any of the kind of automatic stuff on it just because I believe that, you know, using it at its most basic form is going to give you the easiest result from it rather than yeah. like you said with this whole camera thing uh mm-hmm. you know once you start complicating everything you can lose the i don't know what's in the image for example which is always the most important thing is what's actually being shown yeah sweet so that actually leads us to the first question then um how long have you been shooting photography and this is from harris harrison underscore fs uh yeah that's interesting i guess i answered it kind of but yeah since i was uh 16 yeah and um kind of basically just been doing that ever since because i don't know how it works for you um but i i also am not sure how it works here anymore but when i left school um i was able to just go straight to college and just do photography so i didn't have to think yeah i didn't have to do anything else um I just went and studied that with uh, a friend of mine, funnily enough. Uh, He was actually the one that got me into it because he went to a school before where they were kind of teaching photography as part of an art course. Um, I didn't really know much about it, but uh, my granddad had loads of old slides of like uh, planes. He was obsessed with planes. So he had loads of old slider planes, kind of like a lot of old cameras. Um, I just thought, you know what, it's something that I would want to get into. And it kind of, yeah, snowballed from there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and another question. This is from Marlon Patrice. Shout out to oh, him. Yeah. You go outside too. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite camera? Oh, my favorite camera. Yeah. <laughs> He's asking the hard-hitting uh, questions. I think that this is interesting. Um, you know, I use... Uh, the i think it's kind of super trendy um the contacts g2 i use that a lot um i had my first contacts g1 uh when did i get that when i was 16 as well actually um that camera is kind of 
you know, it's uh, it's manual, but it's also got a lot of like automatic settings on it. It's a film camera, but it's more on the end of like uh, digital technology. Um, yeah, it's just super easy. It's lightweight. Um, you can produce like amazing stuff with it. And this goes back to the point about um, kit is that although, yeah, it's expensive now um, and it has been expensive and it's quite high end it's mm-hmm. almost got that kind of basic element to it. So you can yeah. just think about what you're taking a photograph of way more than worrying about the settings on the camera. Um, and even sometimes like I'll pull the camera out of my bag and not even check what the settings are and you just take <laughs> just photos. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's, it's that kind of thing, you know, and I like the idea of that. You just pick it up and shoot it. So I'd say that's probably my favorite camera, but, to be interesting maybe as well i have another camera that a photographer friend put me onto, um and it's like a point and shoot um completely waterproof underwater camera oh. uh, i think it's called like a canon sure shot something um that camera's cool though i remember i posted some photos first time i ever got it i went to uh, the brecon beacons with my friends hiking took some pics of them posted it on instagram people are like oh what camera is this what camera is this and i was like oh it's like some it looks like a toy like it literally looks like a toy yeah, camera i'm looking at it um right yeah and i took that away to that recent... waterproof interesting yeah 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 it's uh pretty serious that i took it to sweden as well on that recent trip um because mm. you know when it starts snowing or something i get that camera out because it's quite good for like cold weather conditions as well i don't know (laughs) everybody on here i guess a lot of them are kind of into photography as well and that's one main thing when you're shooting in the cold is that you want a camera that can kind of stand up against it because i have a few that if you use them and it's too cold like i've shot a whole roll of film before on one frame because the battery's died and it hasn't been able to advance on you know Mm. and you get these these kind of things can happen so it's good to be prepared if you are quite yeah. serious about taking photos outdoors there you go some sage yeah. wisdom from rory <laughs> well I, I feel like i keep going off on a bit of like a tangent so I no, hope it's, it's good that's what podcasts are it's literally just a tangent i ask you a question and you just answer <laughs> it for as long as you want to all good then um mad mountain man asks what are the general inspirations to your creativity and shoots and mm. you can ask that at the end of the podcast if you want. I don't know if it fits in here. I'm cool to go for that, I reckon, because oh. I think, to be honest, it just depends so much, you know. Um, I, because we work a lot of Jack closely as well, obviously, on everything, um, we'll mm. be sat down sometimes and just like be like, oh, like randomly, oh, I've actually just thought of something quite cool. Just think of it and that's it, you know, and then you go from there. And it really can be that random. Um, then sometimes, I don't know, I, the, I like this question because it actually can be explained by like the first ever issue of the magazine in quite an interesting way. Um, mm. So Jack and I were kind of like seeing a response. Um, no, sorry, we, we created the magazine as a response to what we were seeing around us. Um, at the time I was based in like uh, near Liverpool street. Um, so in amongst kind of like all the city workers um, and, you know, you see them sporting like really highly technical jackets um, on their way to work in the city. And this was the same jackets that were being worn by like London graffiti artists. Mm. Um, and then also, you know, this is the same stuff that you're seeing on the mountains. So 
there was such an interesting dynamic between these um, that that just kind of inspired the whole project and kind of sparked a conversation around, you know, the kind of the utility behind the garment and how it can actually work in so many different environments. Um, that is touching on nylon a bit, but more about mm. the kind of outdoor part again is that it is designed for nature um, yeah. and to be outdoors. But, you know, who's to say that it doesn't work so well in other environments because people have different uses for it. Um, could touch base on a few of them as well, but like especially with the guys in the city, the bankers, what's quite cool is they're probably wearing those jackets on their skiing holidays. Um, but why not if it looks great and, you know, they like it, why not wear it out when the weather's kind of crap in London anyway? Yeah. Well, it does touch a little bit on nylon and you're getting a little ahead of yourself or right? I'm going to have to keep oh, it in mind because no. we do <laughs> still have to touch on the future of trees. We have to future, uh, touch on uh, what's like on the bucket list for hiking or what do, you, what do you hope for your hiking life, camping life in general uh, in the coming years or maybe far off in the future? Yeah, um, super like this as well. That's uh, it's kind of like... Uh where do you see it going in terms of the actual just like fun part of it, you know, yeah, rather than the, the professional part. part. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, uh, I'd love to kind of uh, get to Scotland a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of, I, I love Scotland. Um, great place, but it is quite difficult to get to um, unless you want to fly up there. But I also don't like flying that much. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't mind being on a plane. I just hate being at an airport for, uh, you know, like, okay. it's a, find it a waste of time. You know, you travel there, <laughs> it's an hour to the airport. You sit in the airport for three hours. You get on your plane, you're waiting for that to take off. You land, you've got to wait around for like an hour. <laughs> so even if the flight is an hour, it's like a seven hour journey overall to get to your destination. So that part of it's always been, you know, a bit annoying for me. Whereas, you know, from London, you can get the night train up to Inverness, which is quite cool. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, I drive as well. So driving out to like Wales, go to Snowdonia or Brecon Beacons, you know, mm-hmm. all of this. I, I think you get a bit like a better experience of the journey out of this. Um, so, yeah, I guess next year, well, this year and into next year, I would say traveling abroad a lot more. Um as well to kind of try out a few different hikes um yeah but where else, this is also where else are you thinking of going that well this is dependent on yeah this is dependent on covid really as well yeah, yeah, because you know we don't know if we're going to be able to actually travel around much yeah but um yeah want to go to this uh trail uh in corsica um super cool yeah and uh probably i just was in sardinia over uh, the summer yeah and super nice there um it's kind of like uh you know these super rocky terrain um i don't know just i like these areas but uh also get out to a few more places with you know a bit more hardcore snow as well okay yeah yeah more international travel I, I like it that's i mean i've talked about this i've <laughs> i just talk about the same three things every podcast but i i've done a big trip of europe and i'd love to go back and just explore like you know the actual countryside going like some real hikes and stuff like that because i i saw it i saw the mountains i saw 
the hills and all that, but I didn't really actually hike any of it. Didn't get, so I'd love to yeah, go yeah, yeah. trek it, you know? I think, um, yeah, well, I was going to ask you that anyway, kind of. It's like, for you, um, you know, getting over here is quite tough, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. as well. It's a long way to come. But yeah, I mean, you, I think I, you know, I listened to a couple of other podcasts and you said places you've been, but yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, had you been to the kind of more outdoorsy places there or was it more yeah. just on like a. Yeah. Well, when I, when I did go, um, I spent a lot of time, basically I was in like Northern France, uh, like the Alsace region basically is where we spent a lot of time. Um, so we went into like, austria and stayed in a cabin there not a cabin but like you know a mountain hotel uh we saw a bunch of castles and stuff in the mountains of germany um mm-hmm. so we were definitely in like the pretty part you know we saw the windmills in the netherlands by the ocean and stuff like that so i saw a lot of cool outdoor stuff but i mean i was 12 so i didn't really care that much about going on hikes and stuff uh but now looking back on it I'd love to go back and actually like hike these beautiful places again and, you know, admire them with my, my Gorp core eyes. <laughs> mm, like the new lens you can put onto yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But I think that's cool because um, at least having that experience, you've got like a list of places you want to go back to. And it's cool mm-hmm. that you like kind of understand that you want to see it in a new light and experience it all in a new way. Um, yeah. I mean, I, trying to think actually about kind of my traveling to different places uh oh yeah i've been to thailand but i've got some friends from bangkok yeah Mm -hmm. i want to go back out there to visit a lot more of the kind of nature uh like spaces um Mm -hmm. we went to a festival there that was uh a little bit out the way near like this place called uh i think you pronounce it like pataya pataya but yeah help you with that (laughs) <laughs> no yeah but it's, uh, it's super cool um festival is like uh called wonder fruit festival mm-hmm. that one there you know you like watch a little sunrise come up over the hills um in amongst you know a lot of uh there's like some rivers and some you know forests all this stuff quite cool mm-hmm. funnily enough being there i remember like there were like snakes at the festival and stuff like that which is pretty crazy it is good. yeah yeah, my parents uh, both have been to Thailand and they said it was really, really cool, but it's a place that I have never been. The closest I've gotten to it is Japan, which was also awesome. Mm, nice. Yeah, I mean, that's I really, really want to go there, especially to kind of work on some stuff with the mag. But mm, I am sick. so skeptical about getting out there in the middle of everything that's going on because it's kind of so far away that, you know, if you yeah. get stuck somewhere like this, it's uh, not not easy to get out of. Yeah. No, and I don't know how travel works at all going to Japan or really outside of the U.S., honestly. I haven't even thought about leaving um, with everything going on. So who knows? I I got lucky Mm. to go before all of this, but still at a time where I could appreciate it. And I I didn't really travel. I want to go back and go to the more mountainous regions, um, get off of, get out of like just main Tokyo and go to like other areas. But We'll see what happens. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, it's another one though, that, you know, it's one of those places where I kind of watch a lot about it. Um, documentaries or like even just like TV series is or whatever. And like have quite a, like a love for it, but I've never been there. Um, mm-hmm. Just one of those places I want to get to explore. Um, super interesting career as well. I guess this kind of 
again touches more onto nylon stuff but with the kind of fashion that um both in japan and korea um the the mm. kind of technical fashion is just super interesting um definitely, definitely. such a different take on it as well um yeah and i think a lot of that kind of comes from their relationship with nature in some ways as well you know um mm. they are quite close to it um it's quite a cultural thing isn't it as well like goes yeah. back into the history as well so yeah just definitely great to get out there probably hopefully work with some of those brands in the future that'd be sick that'd be very very cool but yeah we can uh we can mosey our way on over to the nylon segment if you're ready we can talk a little bit about uh actually you tell me do you want to start with past present or future the future of the nylon part let's have a think future or start uh let's start with let's start with the past and just go in kind of like a chronological cool. order Something. maybe is that what everyone yeah. does as well yeah i just <laughs> wanted to ask you because i mean we've been talking a lot about the future so maybe you wanted to talk about the future of that uh but anyway talking about the past what what, what were you wearing back in the day because you are dressed very nicely i don't do a, a real fit check on the show but i have to say are you wearing a blazer right now i am wearing a blazer yeah i mean best dress on the pod <laughs> so far i gotta give you the award for it <laughs> I mean, I was listening to your podcast actually, and I was thinking it's quite funny because people were saying about wearing like uh, like uh, sweatpants and stuff. Yeah, Cooper's wearing a full tracksuit. <laughs> I don't own a pair of sweatpants. Really? No, I don't. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I don't even know. I I I used to have like maybe one or two pairs, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I don't know. I I always just dress i dress a bit weird i think to be fair that's <laughs> yeah so they don't really come into the the kind of dress sense but maybe at some point yeah yeah i do understand well, I gonna... the comfort level though yeah yeah i wore like um i don't know if there's a real word for them i just call them soccer sweatpants uh just like the adidas you know the three stripe they have the zipper on the side um because I, I did play soccer or football my apologies um <laughs> all throughout you know middle school high school all that time um so i would wear them all the time and then i was always made fun of them or made fun for wearing them because they weren't cool and they were like they were kind of thin and that wasn't in style back back then and then once i hit college they became just like the the new big thing and i was like dude come on i did my time for these <laughs> I, i've been on this uh, yeah but now I've i've transitioned to i can show you okay the real yeah. the real deal wide leg sweatpants um and i've i've gotten off of the um this the adidas soccer sweats yeah. just because i, I mean, think wide leg pants are more in style anyway and these are just super comfy yeah they, 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 they have that kind of more comfortable element to them anyway but um no to be fair to touch on it i did mm-hmm. go through a phase where i used to wear a lot of tracksuit bottoms but um they were more on the kind of I don't even know how you describe that really <laughs> like not like cottony feeling um, or looking more like kind of nylony but not sportswear ones either. I really don't not know what like you would call that or anything. No, I don't. I don't have any to show you, or else that would be easy. But kind of they they almost look a little bit smart sometimes, you know. Hmm. But they are like tracksuit materialish material interesting yeah like windbreaker went, or like no like no no, no type material i don't know if you could even call it that i did it's <laughs> uh, i think it's too much to even try and describe okay. to be honest right, but fine, i remember 
no i remember a phase of that um yeah there was a time there was a time but <laughs> yeah not nowadays just i don't know don't own any but probably should to be fair um they're comfy you know comfy. classic classic all gray one would go down quite well <laughs> you know it well uh yeah okay let's let's jump into what you used to wear let's actually get into the topic what what were you wearing growing up what was the fit um it depends when you want to go back to i guess really but out of the womb, out, out of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know it's an interesting one because i was having this conversation with a friend of mine um she was asking me about like you know it's it's quite sad sometimes with people seeing you know this kind of movement of everybody who's into the outdoors now going outdoors wearing like high end outdoor clothing probably overdressed mm-hmm. in most senses yeah um because she was asking me like well it, it might make some people feel like it's kind of like unapproachable um mm-hmm. and i was like well to be honest i get that because it's it's interesting when i was younger for example like we would be wearing nothing that's technical at all you know especially with scouts i mean that was yeah. uh, you'd be out in the rain just getting absolutely soaking <laughs> wet and uh that was all part of it you know but yeah. then i don't know there was a time i don't know would that be probably like 2018 2019 um i i mean i didn't have like a lot of kind of outdoorsy stuff but uh had this cool like vintage rab jacket which i've still got mm-hmm. you know before that i'd always had some kind of like north face things i think like the first kind of tape scene jacket that i brought myself was like an old palace one um so yeah, kind of always into skateboarding stuff. Um, used to wear like a lot of Palace, to be fair. Um, of course, we all have the face. Yeah, there was like the Dickies, the Dickies yeah. era. A Dickies like super big always in America. Then, um, yeah, they've had they've had a like mainstream uh, moment. You know what I mean? Mm. Like basically, like the Supreme, like. Carhartt stolen valor type clothing got really popular and Dickies was part of that. But I mean, skaters have always been wearing them. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like that whole workwear vibe, you know, um, yeah. I guess it's always kind of, it's, it's still trendy now. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't, I don't even think I will have any Dickies anymore. They were, they were more just for skating or to be honest, there was a point when I even worked um, as like a roofer and I would wear Dickies oh, wow. to work. Mm-hmm. so yeah as that they should was, be <laughs> yeah wearing them yeah, for their purpose exactly yeah but um yeah it's interesting really I, I i i've liked to hear what people have already said on here about what they used to wear as well mm-hmm. but um there's also quite an interesting you know period where uh wearing quite a lot of like old uh like machino stuff and um this kind of like 90s rave scene clothing oh, you know really? Wow. yeah yeah because um that was like quite a big thing in london and um i don't know we recently shot uh a friend of ours andreas who runs uh wavy garms and mm-hmm. uh like a big scene around all of that um you know like the whole like nike tn stuff as well yeah yeah i don't know quite yeah there was a point in time i used to be obsessed with those shoes like i had a lot of nike tns a lot of like 97s the old ones all stuff like that so yeah, I've been through some kind of phases with the the clothing. 
Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, this kind of goes on to, I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but I did write down the best kit mindset um, that, oh, and actually I was going to bring this up as well. You were talking about um, the budget aspect of it and feeling like you have to have the most expensive clothes or like some of these oh. kids might feel like they have to have the most expensive clothes. And actually uh, Liam, the guy who's on, who will be on the week before you, whenever that comes out, um he his whole deal is making these like budget guides and like teaching people that like, you don't need to have the most expensive stuff to go outside um nice i love that Wait, like what, his, whole, what? his whole thing yeah who who is that again sorry foot underscore underscore down okay okay yeah um, i need to properly check that out that sounds really cool uh i i like that a lot because yeah um i'll be honest with you like even now like a lot of, i don't know a lot of the stuff i have I'm kind of lucky to come into through working with certain brands. Um, you know, I can't, I, I can't see how people can afford half of this stuff, to be honest. Um, you know, yeah. but, it's pricey. It's very pricey. Yeah. But other than that, I would say that, um, yeah, I, I, when I wanted to go out with my friends, um, and I didn't have like some kind of good hiking boots at some time, I had a pair of like trainers from Berghaus that were like some Gore-Tex ones. Um, I think I got them off eBay for like 40 pounds. That's the thing. A lot of stuff I always buy secondhand, um, mm-hmm. especially outdoor stuff because it lasts a long time anyway. Yeah. And, you know, it's no a, need. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. Had that, had a pair of like Arcteryx trousers that I brought on eBay for 18 pounds. Um, wow. I remember that. Probs never be able to do that again. <laughs> That's insane. Um, yeah. And then what else was there I used to wear? Yeah, that wrap jacket I was talking about, that was like secondhand shop. Kind of went for a pair of like carry more boots, which you just buy in like the local Sports Direct. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's just like a, <laughs> it's kind of like a like a sports outlet shop where you can buy, okay. you know, like I'd say like relatively fairly priced stuff. Um, yeah, we got yeah, those around that, here. Yeah, and I think that it's quite important. This is what I was saying, especially about with the kind of photography stuff, is that um, you definitely don't need the best kit um, Mm -hmm. when entering anything um, because a lot of this stuff is, like, you have to remember, it's designed for, like, highly intense and quite a lot of the time, like, professional purposes. Yeah. So I think I really want to see this guy's guides. I actually haven't seen them, I have to say, but Mm -hmm. I'd be super keen to find out more about that. I think it's a good way to go as well because there's this conversation, I guess, at the moment, um, especially with this kind of like Instagram posting, everything. You know, I think we talked about it before we were on the call is that, you know, there's like an illusion of how things are really working. Um, And I think that I ho- well, I hope that people don't feel this way that you have to have, you know, top top of the range gear to go walking mm-hmm. in like the mountains <laughs> in England, yeah. for example, or in, in Wales. Yeah. yeah, because you know, it, it, realistically, I will admit that like a pair of boots is probably quite necessary, but they don't have to yeah. be the best ones. But that's the only thing I would say is like kind of really needed. Yeah. Yeah, everything else you can just get away with. Because I don't know, here we have a lot of rain as well. Um, and like, I don't know how long people are planning to go for. But if you want to go like wild camping or any of this stuff, I'd say good boots, most important, just to keep your feet good. Because, you know, that's that's one thing. But yeah, okay. these, I, 
I, I just I, I like this topic a lot actually because I think that it'd be nice to encourage people um, to have fun with going outdoors and not feel that it's like kind of like a fashion catwalk in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like a lot of, a lot of behind the scenes, like there's seating and there's like people selling all their stuff and buying used and stuff that they just like, don't talk about mm-hmm. um, that, you know, like it is, it is a fashion scene to an extent. Cause you know, a lot of these people do come from backgrounds that are like, Oh yeah, I grew up wearing Supreme or I grew up around fashion to some respect or some regard as like, yeah, I, I care about what I'm wearing. I care that like the colors match and it looks cool and all that. But at the end of the day, like you can, you can have best of both worlds. Like you can, like you said, you can buy off of eBay or like Yahoo auctions, Japan and stuff. Like there's a bunch mm. of alternatives or Depop, grailed, whatever it is. You can buy secondhand and you can, you know, you cannot have to buy new clothing and you can also get it for a little bit cheaper. And like, you just, you don't need the best stuff either, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this is what I love about, especially like outdoor technical clothing is that if you buy an old jacket, um, you know, you can re waterproof that you can kind of get that back up to scratch. Um, and you know, I, uh, I have a lot of friends that sell like a lot of stuff, you know, outdoor clothes and like, there's a lot of archery stuff going around at the moment, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, they're the prices that people are selling it for is insane you know like selling like some of these secondhand jackets for a lot of money and whilst i understand it um i just think that you know it's not so necessary and i hope this is what this is back to that point i just hope people don't feel like you have to be um dressed a certain way or you know wearing a certain brand just to be able to go outside because that's like far from the reality of it and also far from any message that we'd want to get across um and i think this is what's interesting is that obviously the magazine you know um it is kind of like a fashion-led magazine just by the nature of how it works but also there's quite a lot of lifestyle pieces in there um which are not so driven by the fashion um but then saying that, this is why I don't know if you have seen some of the recent shoots from the new one. Um, but like one of the shoots we've done in there is like no technical clothing or no outdoor clothing at all. And just like kind of like high end fashion stuff mixed in because that's uh, it's interesting you're saying, yeah, because that's kind of like the stuff I'm super interested in um, way more than anything. You know, mm-hmm. I look at a lot of, you know, like uh, designers work um and you know like i don't know the, the brands that i really love is more like comme de garçon and stuff like this um and i think there's there's somewhere here where you know that side of it is fashion and the outdoor side of it doesn't have to be fashion you know what i mean yeah they yeah can, they can exist in two separate spaces they don't have to overlap exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and I, mean, I think that oh yeah sorry no, you got it. Go ahead. No, no, yeah. I was just going to say that, like, what you said there about them not having to overlap is really important because I think that it might seem that way, um, that, mm-hmm. like, they have to live in the same world. But uh, it's probably beneficial for everyone if they don't live in the same world because, you know, these whole – the price point of things and all of this is just, uh, yeah, unaffordable, basically. For sure. I was going to say that uh, you look at, like, dadcore. You know, my dad wears all the same brands that I wear, but um, maybe not even the same brands. He wears like the same style of clothing that I wear, but, you know, he goes to REI and gets like 
clearance rack shirts and like you know mm. he's had one jacket for like 30 years or something you know um and that's completely different than the fashion side of things here where it's like oh the new like arcteryx collab is out i have to go buy that like i already have three betas but i need to buy this one because like the colors are different like the yeah. it's a totally different mindset you know well that's the yeah that's something that's great to kind of touch on as well is that um it's not it's not supposed to be like that it's not supposed mm-hmm. to be like who can buy the next jacket that's coming out or I need yeah. to be like on, I, you know, that kind of reselling level where people are like buying something, reselling it. I think I remember there was a point when going on some outdoor brands websites um, and they were like sold out of their kind of normal jackets, you know? Yeah. And I was like, wow, what's going on here? This is <laughs> new. You know, this is uh-huh. something I haven't seen before, I but yeah, I, I think it's important. Maybe I, even I'll say like, I don't have, i have i mean i have a lot of clothes like um that i've collected for a long time as well just over time and you know i I, i'm lucky enough to get given stuff by a lot of the brands i work with um but i don't have like loads of i mean i have like three kind of waterproof jackets that are like the go-to jackets um Mm -hmm. that's it you know and i don't really feel i've got one arcturix jacket um i don't need another one like yeah. another waterproof jacket you know i'm gonna I, I use that a lot um and i'll let that go till it goes to the end you know um and i think that's one thing that is like this whole instagram thing might be diverting the things in the wrong way because okay. yeah you know i i the like, whole, like the idea trend you know yeah i mean i shower I will put that up there, but I don't know if anyone <laughs> saw my story the other day. I do have a picture of me in the shower wearing a waterproof jacket from <laughs> probably 2017. It's on top of the trends, man. That's why he has the magazine. I, w- <laughs> I want to know why I'm not TikTok famous. <laughs> Didn't hop on it quick enough, man. There was still music back then. It wasn't even TikTok yet. But that is it the guy's song, yeah, um, that goes with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that song, I remember when that first came out, I remember seeing it, someone sent it to me, like, lol, do you <laughs> like this song? And I was like, oh, that's kind of jokes, you know? And then I, it didn't <laughs> kind of pick up for a bit. It, it was on there for a while. And then, yeah, obviously the old TikTok effect happened. And, the old uh, TikTok effect. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I luckily haven't seen too much of it um, because I think it would drive me a bit crazy if I saw it too often. <laughs> But when I yeah. see it, I find it funny, you know. I think there's, you know, it, it, it's just to be taken lightly. And that's the thing uh, about a lot of this is that you get a lot of people now saying like, oh, I don't like that because now this guy's wearing it and now it's become part of this scene. And it's like, well, you know, you could go for that as much as you like, but it doesn't help anything. It doesn't help anyone. Um, I think the negativity around it is just not really what, like portrays uh outdoor brands and like the roots of where they come from as well because you know a lot of these brands started off from really hardcore like making the clothes themselves and testing them because they wanted products that made sense um and you know there's kind of like uh they they, it would be called gatekeeping obviously um (laughs) saying like oh yeah but I was wearing this for them and like now it's here and I can't wear that anymore. And it's like, 
it's just silly really you know i <laughs> i do get it and uh, i have to say that i've probably been i've said similar things in the past but um <laughs> and probably in the future i'll still think like that but i think generally yeah. if we could all like kind of get past that mindset it would just be better um mm-hmm. more positive yeah because at the end of the day uh the reason that these things become so popular is because of how good they are and you know because sure. of yeah i mean yeah, not, you know what i mean though reason. yeah 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 and i think that like, that's something to be celebrated rather than to be kind of demonized um mm-hmm. and i think you know there's so many oh, i don't know <laughs> i it, it's <laughs> interesting that there's an interview in the magazine um the next issue uh with the ceo of clatamusen um we touched base on this a little bit um mm-hmm. not like too heavily but just a little bit and what's interesting is you know I asked the question like uh what do you think of the kind of current outdoor and technical clothing boom and trend um and the answer in there is really good and i think like uh i won't say it on here because it'd be cool yeah. for people to actually read it properly mm-hmm. but um yeah that it's interesting you know i mean i know you talked with um the uh, cooper as well yeah, yeah. and uh, i think you touched base on this a little bit as well and mm-hmm. there's uh, I, i like the fact that there's we can talk to the brands about it you know we can have a face of this brand who can tell us exactly. what they think about it i think it's super important because we could all sit there and talk about it amongst ourselves but we don't really know you know the people from the top will know and for them it's just cool because you know if something gets more popular it means eventually they're getting more profits which means they can put more money into innovation which means that hopefully you know technology gets better um I'll touch on that a little bit but like you know the uh, the sustainability aspect of the clothes will go up because you have hopefully the innovation process more money to put into it eventually leads to that um but you know it's important that they have this kind of outlet um and i think that to think that outdoor clothes have only become part of like a big fashion sense now uh just doesn't make sense because it's it's been like that for a while and it kind of goes in circles um you could ask anybody um who's you know i guess double the age that i am um and they're going to have said that they've already seen this trend probably maybe three times going in the same kind of circle yeah you know but just because yeah. instagram is kind of big now it's just a new way to share imagery and uh you know it's become a way for people to share what they're wearing obviously so i think you just see it so often on there that you think that it's the main thing and also uh, instagram's generally designed so that you see what you want to see so you know your <laughs> your vision on there that you, of what you're seeing it's just because you're liking people's posts that are wearing the same clothes so the algorithm's going to spit it out at you more so you kind of making yourself actually think that it's probably even more popular than it is <laughs> yeah i mean we definitely aren't a niche we're definitely like this isn't mainstream style but because you know yeah. i only follow pages that post this stuff i see it all the time um and like where i li- i'm not dis- disillusioned at all cuz like where i live I'm like the only person in my state that knows what an wander is mm-hmm. um, i'm the only person that could tell you the difference between an xt6 and an xt4 like it's not a real thing in real life it's kind of like an instagram thing um mm. so 
Yeah, it definitely is just like a very, it's a very small circle of people that care about this stuff a lot, which is, you know, good as well. Cause like, if this was a giant mainstream style, it would be affecting a lot more of like, um, actually, I don't know. Would it be good or bad? Cause I think it would affect the hikes and it would, it would affect the clothing as well. I think we'd see a lot more like, we might see something like a uh, Shein clone, but for Arcteryx, like they're just making rain jackets now for like $5, but they're using like slave labor somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. we're not saying like anything yeah. awful like that. No. Yeah. And I think that what you just said there is interesting. Cause I know I was telling you about that book I was reading um, and the kind of the podcast I've been listening to a bit more about like the foraging side of things. And an interesting note from that is that when this becomes more popular from their side, uh, if it becomes too popular, then you run the risk of people overdoing it um, and taking too much from uh, certain places. And, you know, that has like quite a bad effect on nature generally. Um, And then possibly this could have a similar effect. You know, if something does become too big, it comes becomes too big for itself. So, yeah, it does make total sense like that. And I think that, you know, we are all being interested in the same thing is just great. And I think that that's the main point out of all of this is that rather than like basically hating on other people, it's more like about coming together. Um, And I think that's why it's super cool that you see a lot of these guys going out um, on these hikes together. They probably, I I don't know, I don't even know if they've met each other before or not, but I feel like a lot of them have only really met each other off Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's great, you know, and having a mutual connection that can bring you together to go out into nature is only a good thing. You know, you can't actually think that that's a bad thing in any way. (laughs) So that's one thing I've said about all of this as well, is that if people want to buy, you know, outdoor clothes because they think that it looks cool, but then in hand that persuades them to actually try it out and to go outdoors, then that's Mm -hmm. amazing. You know, I think you should, yeah, yeah, you're probably going to get Marlon on in the future from we go outside too, because we already talked about that. But yeah, I think that, you know, first time I met him, it was just super nice because, um, he's an inspirational guy and he was telling me a lot about you know getting people out into nature is all that he really cares about because it's so healing for you and you know any way that people find it is great it's just about finding it in the first place yeah it's about you know yeah i think that is a big because like I've, i've talked about this before as well but when you first when i first got into like the whole hiking camping scene like I've been around a few hikes uh, in the area and like everyone knows a couple of them, but I wanted to get out to the ones that like no one was going to or were lightly trafficked or were kind of out of the way. And it is kind of an effort to find those. And it's an effort to find people to go with you as well. Like I was Mm -hmm. lucky that I have friends that also enjoy hiking and camping, but that was just coincidence. And if you don't have anyone, it's like, well, I don't want to drive like 30 minutes away in the middle of nowhere and go on a hike that I've never been on in the middle of the woods. Like that could be scary. I understand that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have gone half of them if I didn't have a guy with me, you know? No, I I love that as well. Like that's so cool that you like had a lot of friends that were into that and you had the opportunity to go out with them. Um, This is something that hopefully with the magazine, I'm hoping to do something within the future um, is to set up something that can get people outdoors a bit more because Mm -hmm. 
uh, in cities, um, in London, there's a lot of people that have never even experienced that. Um, you know, yeah. it's difficult. It's actually difficult to leave the city. Um, and I'm not going to lie, it's expensive as well. Like travel, everything, it adds up and it's just not easy. So yeah. I think that, you know, hopefully um, there's a way to kind of get that experience for more people. And yeah, that's kind of touching base, I guess, on the future of the mag maybe a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, <laughs> but that's, I, yeah, uh, overall, I'm glad that we've done this still without Jack on this one because we can save a lot of questions and maybe oh, people yeah. might have new questions for the next one. But yeah, overall, it's like, you know, this whole thing, um, it's all about getting people a new experience or showing people a new experience. And I think that's what I hope to do through my photographs as well. Um, it's like, you know, if people love the clothes that I'm taking pictures of and then they're like, oh, actually, where is that? You know, people ask me quite a lot, like, oh, where did you take this photo? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm pretty open to it. You know, I'm not um, no, I'm not like free local spots. No, I, I wouldn't really do that too much because <laughs> you don't own it, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't own it, you know. Uh-huh. But I understand that there's some things which are good to keep to a minimum, like what we were talking about there, you know. You yeah. it's, it's you don't want people to trash these places. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that's just something that, you know, some people have to learn to how to respect outdoor spaces. Um yeah. And I think maybe that comes with like going with somebody for the first time so they can like understand it a little bit, um, especially maybe with like the wild camping aspect of it. You've got obviously like you massively need to like make sure that you're not leaving a trace and like kind of keeping on top of like minimizing any impact on the environment that you could have there. So mm-hmm. There are there are things that people need to learn before they go and do things, but it doesn't mean they shouldn't get out there and experience it. You know, it's it's a tough one. That's why when you know this whole gatekeeping thing is like, I don't think it's a good thing at all. But I also think you know instead of gatekeeping, maybe education or like uh, actually being open to telling people about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. There is a little bit of um, gatekeeping as far as local spots go. I know that some past mm. guests have said, like, I don't want people going to my site, my favorite spot or whatever. And I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I will tell people about uh, there's this one camping spot I go to um, local mountain range near me. And there's one spot that is like really beautiful. It's just like trees behind you. And then this like you're on like the edge of a mountain and you just see like the sunset sunrise right in front of you It's really gorgeous. But it's not an official campsite. So if someone's there before you, they have it. And there's like really nothing mm. you can say about it. Um, so I try not to tell people about that one because I want to kind of keep that for myself. And, I, you know, if if I don't think they'll be up there normally, then, yeah, I'll go ahead and share it to them. But for like Avid, I don't know. Sometimes I'm a little gatekeepy. Maybe I'll tell them about other spots on the trail. I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is a really nice hike. And there's like, you know, a spot off to the side you can go to. But I won't tell them about like mile deep. There's an even better spot because that's my spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah and also something that is quite nice about that is that you know they might get out there and find it on their own anyway exactly. and that could potentially be more fun for anybody anyway to find something on their own yeah, yeah. and i guess that's what it's all about you know it's actually the exploration element of it is really what draws a lot of people to it um mm-hmm. you know if you just knew exactly where you had to go to find something that someone's told you to look at it's like 
what what fun do you get out of that? You know, and it's like it's funny. You know, I don't know when you go on Google and you try to search for somewhere, and it will tell you where it is, but it will take you to like a road that's miles oh, yeah. away from it. You know. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of like that sometimes because, <laughs> you know, you even go back to the old school way of using a map, which is obviously mm-hmm. good anyway to understand how to do. But yeah, it's, it, you kind of, you don't want the pin that tells you here exactly is where to go. the sunrise that you're going to see at this time and it's going to look mm-hmm. amazing. It's like, <laughs> sometimes yeah, you want to explore and find it. Yeah, I was also that, um, that one spot that I'm talking about when it has been taken, me and all my buddies have had to go find other spots to camp and even that is fun in itself you know like even last time i went we now have three backup spots if that's what gets taken because we keep just finding new ones to just set up camp at mm, mm. yeah it's always fun it's a, you know but that that that's the uh, yeah, that's the fun of it isn't it is that if you mm-hmm. go somewhere and you realize ah, oh, it's kind of crowded here and you yeah. haven't planned that you're gonna have to move on from there then <laughs> yeah you find something new i mean one of the funniest camps that i've done with my friend um O'Sheen, actually um we drove to uh dartmoor and we had a plan roughly to go somewhere but we left super late and we got there in like the pitch black um so, so we literally just walked through a forest for a long time <laughs> with all of our stuff on us i remember like we had head torches but it was so dark and your like our feet were falling in like little rivers and streams and all this mm. and like the forest is so dense there so like mm. you're walking on top of like kind of moss and you can't really tell what is what but yeah yes. i remember like we found a little spot set up a camp i think it was freezing cold as well um i remember that it's like minus five or something um and we were like, I wonder where we're going to be in the morning. I was like, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, I have no idea what it's even going to look like tomorrow. Yeah. And then, you know, you wake up and you're like, wow, this is pretty incredible. Like in the middle of some crazy pine forest. Um, and the trees are like so tall, you know, it's just, that's kind of, I don't know, like some kind of magical element to it. Yeah, it's like not it knowing. Magical, honestly. <laughs> yeah i didn't wake up and seeing what it looks like for real yeah it is to be fair that's yeah uh, i i and i i mean i like those kind of things you know it's it just the unexpectedness of it all and everything mm-hmm. just kind of super fun and then it, actually just to link back maybe to like even some shoots for the mag um for that issue three cover where we went to the lake district um just climbed the old man of coniston to shoot um and didn't really know what the weather was going to be like but we left uh just before sunrise um and shot the whole day on the top a lot of it was like in the clouds um which in the end was pretty cool for it but um and then left at the sun down as well but you know you can't really plan what it's going to be like and i think that you know being open to the kind of natural elements and how that might affect if that's camping or how that might affect your photo shoot let's say is mm-hmm. all part of it you know i don't even know what to say to that <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> but yeah i agree it is uh you can't really predict nature a lot of times and that makes it even cooler you know yeah and there's something that's quite fun about being prepared um for those unexpected circumstances 
you know, I was shooting something as well in like uh, December um, here, and the weather was like awful, like grey sky. Um, I that's, I take a lot of lights around and stuff, but yeah, grey sky, all this stuff. You know, it wasn't going to look amazing unless you were to shoot it in a certain way and try and like give it that whole effect that makes sense for it. And it's yeah. like, you know, if you had planned that whole shoot around, I don't know, like relying completely on the sunlight or the natural light, yeah. um, then it's not going to work out. It and then I guess turn out well. Yeah. yeah this, yeah. And this comes into hiking and maybe camping is that like, obviously there's sometimes you can go out and you can check the weather report. And it's going to be pretty accurate, but also, mm -hmm. you know, you want to be prepared for if there is something that changes or something that suddenly like happens <laughs> in that yeah. space, you, you need to know how to get out of it or yeah. be at least feel safe, you know, um, or have like mm -hmm. a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I have to stop saying that I say, so I was going to say so often, I need to cut that out of my vocabulary. But anyways. Um, no, but I, on that, I think that that's something which is like, I don't know, like it, it, <laughs> it must be difficult for you doing the podcast now as well. Um, in some ways, I can imagine because you talk to a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people probably have quite similar things to say. Um, and then also they, some people have things that you might not have thought of and it like triggers something in your mind. And then mm -hmm. whilst someone's still having that conversation, you're thinking, oh wait, I just I need to remember to say this because it's yeah. actually a point I want to make. But yeah, I <laughs> or I don't want to interrupt people either. So I just I put it in my head and then I think about it. I remember it until you know your thought is over. Then I say, oh yes, by the way, this is this is what I had on my mind. Um, a story I was going to tell was uh, about the gear and all that and being prepared. Uh, it kind of goes. If, even if you're not prepared, you can still have a good time with it. Uh, I, I think my friend calls it type two fun, where it's not fun in the moment, but then it's fun going back and thinking about it, mm -hmm. where uh, me and my buddies were all camping. It was the first time I took this new group of friends out um, to the national this national park by us, the Smoky Mountains. And I might have told the story in the podcast before, but basically, long story short, we go on a hike, we come back after a day of hiking in the rain, and our tent and everything is just soaked because we didn't we didn't stick our rain fly down. We just laid okay. it on top of the tent and then all the water was seeped into the outsides of the tent and then it got really hot. So it evaporated, went to the top of the tent and dripped down. So literally every, every surface, all the surface area was covered in water. So we spent the very first night standing by the fire with our sleeping bags and our sleeping pads and all of our gear, just like, just trying to dry it out as much as we could. And that was awful because I slept in a wet sleeping bag that night, but it was fun because looking back on it, I was like dang we were really stupid back then you know yeah but I, it's so funny that you mentioned this because I was going to mention this earlier um but I wasn't sure how like the stories and little anecdotes uh, <laughs> meant to come into play but um yeah. this goes back to scouts we were like oh, that was awful times in some ways <laughs> like we were in Wales um camping at the bottom of a lake um mm -hmm. and you know, I, we must have been super young as well. Um, but yeah, camping in like, you know, the kind of typical old school scout army tent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 One of them. Um, rain, 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 rain. Wake up in the middle of the night. I'm talking the field that we were camping on next to the lake was actually flooded 
um, oh and stuff was literally floating there um, <laughs> and everything was soaking wet. And I just remember being like, oh, this is awful. And I think we all had to go and like sleep in what they had set up to be like, you know, you have these kind of like massive tents with like a kitchen area. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was bad. Yeah. So Jeez, that is bad. be prepared for that one. But yeah, <laughs> funnily enough, another tent one would be even recently I was uh, camping with my girlfriend um, and we broke one of the tent poles. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I've noticed that you say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just something I say, but anyway. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's an ongoing theme, which is good. You know, yeah, it's yeah. almost like you should actually record that and have a little button. Oh, have a button it. I press that's congratulations. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we were camping and broke one of the poles. Um, didn't have anything amazing to fix it with, but I wrapped a sock around it. Um, and then we had some little bit of like string wrapped around it and that held up. Yeah, that was a funny one. And then <laughs> more recently, actually, um, in Sweden, camping in the snow, um, I was sleeping in a tent with Jack. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, it's free. It's kind of cold, isn't it? I was like, oh, it's all right. And he's like, uh, what? Like, I wanted to open the flap, you know, because uh, mm -hmm. that's how you let, like, the condensation and the hot air yeah. out, obviously. And he wasn't having any of that <laughs> at all. Um, obviously, we woke up in the morning and everything was soaking wet from yeah. condensation. So I already knew that, luckily, but I let him just, you know, take the lead on that mistake. Um, <laughs> kind of like, remember being in the moment, just like, oh, you know what? Let's just see, because then you'll actually know how <laughs> wet it can really get. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that that's a top tip for anybody camping in the cold, is do not close that little ventilation thing. <laughs> hmm. And that you're talking about like what what part of the tent flap are you talking about? Like in the um, rain fly or no 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 or at the very so, top at the very top of the tent. Yeah, you have like uh you just have ventilation bits on most yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. Just so, don't close those up. Wow. You know, I probably fall victim to that as well. Yeah, because you're literally someone someone said a number. I wish I could remember it, but the amount of hot air that you breathe out can produce a certain amount of, you know, liquid that yeah. literally will just turn to water on your sleeping bag, on your sleeping mat, on your everything you've got in the tent. And then it will almost feel like it's rained and your tent's been touching the outer layer. Jeez. you know like the inner touches the outer and then it gets soaked yeah. it literally feels like that on the inside of the tent so yeah wow. it's uh not fun does not sound fun at all no um i was gonna say do we need to do one more thing still right yeah, a... i don't think you've talked about your uh future with trees or future with nylon my bad future, future with, with nylon. nylon yeah okay uh what does <laughs> i'd like to know what this means because i think that um I don't know if it's meant to be like, do you mean like personal or in a terms of work or um, I don't know, because obviously I've listened to a lot of podcasts. People are more talking about maybe uh, what they see themselves wearing or like mm -hmm. this is their kind of final self that they, what they <laughs> dress like now. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we'll go the route of for you. Cause this is just the Rory episode. This is not the orienteer episode. That'll come later. Yeah. We'll go like your personal style where like you see yourself going um, or if you've, you've reached the final destination and then maybe like um, you can touch on 
like where you think mainstream style will go or where the gorp style will go i don't know just thoughts on that you mm-hmm. seem to have some opinions cool i mean for myself um yeah. there's one piece of clothing one piece of clothing it's not a piece of clothing but it's like an outfit that i really mm-hmm. want um is you know these kind of like old french workwear sets yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i already have a top um, that my dad gave me uh he lives in france actually and he gave me that last mm. time i was there and I, I do like it a lot i need to find some trousers to go with that and to be honest i'd probably be quite content with wearing that almost every day um wow. yeah i i, <laughs> I so could french do that vibes. yeah i just like the look of it and i like it. it's just so basic and you don't really have to you know, worry about it too much and it gets mm-hmm. dirty and when it's dirty it even possibly looks better <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. i've seen my buddy was looking at like french short coats on grilled and they were just like all patched up and tattered and oil stains and stuff on them and uh they just look so sick it was really really cool to know that something from like the 1800s could survive for that long mm. yeah and i think that could possibly touch on the future of general kind of maybe like this whole if you want to call it the trend or whatever but um Mm -hmm. personally i don't really see it as too much of a trend um i can see how it is but i also think that what's super interesting about it is that it's more like a hobby um whereas with other fashion trends let's say it's not so much of a hobby um you know i because there's no like sporting element to it um and i think that when you find a hobby it's something that sticks with you and if you really like it you're just going to keep doing it and if that means that you need a certain type of clothing to feel like you're participating in it and this is something i would say to people that want to get into uh hiking let's say or outdoor camp uh, wild camping or any outdoor kind of activities is that you know start off with what you have and then move on to you know if you really love it then get into you know more like of the higher level more technical gear as you need it you know because that is kind of like a natural progression for it but yeah in general in terms of like how i see it kind of going is um probably not a lot more like material development um i i think that a lot of the kind of silhouettes that brands have are quite nailed down and Mm -hmm. you know they work they do well so I don't see them changing massively. Um, but yeah, I just think like, you know, uh, there's a lot of people working at the moment on developing better materials, whether that be the sustainability element, um, you know, the lightweight uh, to durability element, um, a lot of stuff going on with even uh you know, like all the little fiddly bits oh, that go into everything as well. I, uh, what do you call them? Like hardware? Um, yeah, all the fiddly bits is what I like a lot better though. <laughs> yeah, fiddly bits is better. It's more my terminology. But yeah, I think I think like all of this is what's going to be super interesting. Um, there's a lot of young designers doing super cool things as well. I'm sure that everybody on Instagram knows who they are anyway. But yeah. I'm sure that there's a lot of people also doing cool things that don't even post it on Instagram. So, mm-hmm. you know, interesting to see where that goes. And I think that um, what is cool is that, like, you know, a lot of the kind of bigger brands, 
you see them now publicly noticing these kind of smaller designers, um, taking them on board, but in a way that maybe supports them a little bit more um, rather than bringing them in to become part of the company. They bring them in to be part of the company, but also to like kind of really shine on what they're doing and keep their name up against it rather yeah. than like kind of stripping them of that personality. Sometimes. Like the, yeah. It's the way he stuff. I mean, this is just in general, really. Okay. But yeah, it's more just like, um, you know, you see, <sighs> let's use for an example, someone like that girl. She's massive now, obviously, but like that Nicole girl. Um, yeah, Nicole McLaughlin. Yeah. You know, so you get, they, they, they become quite big and they're in, they're, they're in part with these brands, but they're also mm-hmm. kind of still developing their own stuff under their own name and they get to kind of keep that identity as part of yeah. their design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is super cool, you know. Like, I think the best thing that can be done always is to, like, celebrate those people. Um, and I think that for brands, it's probably just better anyway, you know, to have somebody attached to the brand that's a face yeah. to what they're doing. And, you know, the stuff that these people do is super cool anyway. But, um, yeah, exciting things to come out, I think. That's, that's what I would have to say. And then, I don't know, how, what do you see? That's what I want to know as well. What do you see? Um, I agree with the, it's not really a trend. It's more of like a hobby or a lifestyle because, yeah. you know, like, I, I was, oh, I was going to say this. I got to get like a rubber band and snap myself whenever I say that. <laughs> but it's kind of like how the skating um, aesthetic or the skating style hasn't gone away. It's not a trend because people are always going to skate. And as much as the skater style is cool, it's like you need a pair of pants that are not going to shred and you need a pair of shoes that, you know, are, you know, fine, but, you know, they give you ankle support or they're flat bottom or whatever. Yeah. Like you need all that stuff. Those are like essentials for the hobby and they just happen to look cool as well. Yeah. I think but, that the Gorp core is kind of the same way. Yeah. And I think that this is what's so cool about that even is that, you know, being interested in functional clothing and that does not mm-hmm. mean outdoor clothing but functional yeah. clothing um is just super important anyway for everybody because you know otherwise you're buying stuff that does not make sense and it doesn't last long if you're buying into like the fast fashion element of it and that's just not good um for the planet and also i think it sets off like a wrong kind of message you know to be buying into the kind of fast fashion brands and i think that one thing that's super important to remember is that when you're buying functional clothing is that if the price point is higher there's a reason for that and it's because of the kind of innovation technology it's gone into it and also how long it's going to last you know you see some of these old jackets that still kind of work and they're like over like 20 years old um you even see jackets much older than that um, which are still knocking about um, people will have kind of like old school um, rucksacks you know um, mm-hmm. they still are completely fine um, yeah I think that's the thing you know, the longevity of the product is what's most important yeah definitely I mean yeah it, I mean it all it's all a circle you know it all connects that where because it's functional but then the function lasts for such a long time you know like my mom uh she actually just texted me she listened to the cooper gill episode and she told me that 
uh, she's looking at the website. She was browsing the website, the Arcteryx website, looking at stuff. And she's like, I wouldn't buy anything unless my jacket I've had for 50 years breaks down. And also I, um, you know, and also they're all like on super sale. And I was like, I understand. <laughs> I understand that completely because mm-hmm. she's had this. I don't even know what it is. It's some brand that doesn't even exist anymore, but it's just this waterproof jacket that she got at REI, um, which I mentioned. Do you know what REI is? I talk about it all the time. I mean, I love REI. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm okay, actually cool. super. I'm super sad that when I was out in New York last, I didn't buy uh, one of their, you know, they've got those kind of super lightweight uh, shells that are just, they're, they're really nice. They do oh, one that's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think it might be just like their kind of standard waterproof jacket, mm-hmm. but the lightweightness of it is just cool. And I really like the hood construction that they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that shop's cool. Like, um, I, I think that it's funny because you, I don't think you can buy that here, can you, in the UK? I don't I, even think it, yeah, I think it's only an American brand as of now. And that might change in the future, but... Yeah, but they also sell other brands as well, right? Yeah, yeah. They basically, they started by selling kind of like a uh, department store. They sell a ton of different brands. And then also they, mm, I don't know how recently, but it seems recent in my memory that they introduced it, the REI co-op line is what it's called. Um, that's, that's it, the, yeah. Their clothing, yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I like that logo as well with the yeah, it's very tiny cool. little, yeah. Little mountain in a tree. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is there one That'd near you? super cool. Yeah, there's one that's like 15 minutes away from me. Okay. Yeah, you need to just go in there and give them all the knowledge and be like, look, I will be selling this product so far. I wish it worked like that. Someone will come in and I'll tell them everything they need to know. I wish it worked like that, but there's it's like all corporate. Like I went in and asked for like an inter- like an application and they were just like, No, we don't we do all of our stuff online now. So you have to like sign up for an interview and then you'll get interviewed by someone in corporate and it's not local, sadly. But do you was, have a Filson shop? What'd yeah. you say? filson do you have a filson shop i don't believe so oh it's uh the brand is like kind of on the side of like kind of old school i'd say um but that shop's pretty cool i've got a hat from them um it's like a it's like a cap uh fully waxed waterproof and it's got ear flaps that come down all the way over your mouth yeah they they would they would be a cool shop to work in. Go in there and just drop them a thing. Or I don't know, because I feel like the REI thing is like you said, it's massive, isn't it? So it's like mm-hmm. the whole big, probably difficult to even get. I think the days are gone, maybe even where you can walk into a shop and give them an application. Yeah, unless it's unless it's small. Like there's there's definitely yeah. I believe there's a few. Um oh, there is a f- no. Is it Christopher Filson? I'm not even sure. All I know is just Filson. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have anything near us. But uh, like, there, there's a few little boutique outdoor retailers that you know I could probably walk in and ask for an application. Um, but even then, like, it's not really like outdoor equipment for the sake of outdoor equipment. It's kind of like people who like to cosplay as people who go outside. You know what I mean? Mm. like at rei that they're it's a camping and hiking store like the people who go into that shop are looking to buy things they can take them out into the woods but at like these little boutiques it's like they want to buy a patagonia fleece to wear to their frat or something you know what i mean different yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) 
So I don't know if I'd be looking for that. Maybe last resort. Um, so anyway, uh, I believe, have we covered everything? I think so, yeah. Unless I, I was just going to ask if there's any, if there was more questions or if there was anything oh, yeah. else you wanted to ask as well. Let me see. I think I've asked all my questions. Let's see what the viewers have to say, though. Um, and for any, any viewer listening who did ask a question that I didn't ask, uh, that's because I'm going to be saving it for when um, we have Jack on as well. Josty wants to know, uh, I don't know if you have expertise in this, but tips for growing your Instagram account. <laughs> this is a little, uh, this is a little <laughs> out of the wheelhouse, but you know, don't know um, to ask. Uh, I, I would touch on this maybe, but I just, I feel like I'll go on a tangent is that <laughs> I think that if you are thinking about growing your Instagram account, then it probably won't work because I think that I touched on that slightly before. And it's like the whole idea of authenticity is mm -hmm. what people want to see the most. Um, and I think that's just like a natural thing. You know, I think that that's just generally how we work as probably humans is that we latch mm -hmm. on something authentic. That's yeah. why trends normally come from kind of like subcultures because subcultures are, you know, authentic and, this is another debate really but the whole thing about you know thinking about trying to get instagram followers or to get more reach on your instagram from a business perspective i think that there's ways to understand it a little bit more um but like on a personal level i would say just like keep having fun and like if you're really thinking about the instagram followers then have more fun because they <laughs> should be a byproduct of the fun you know Okay. And for Yeah, I, No, yeah, sorry. What were we going to say? All right. I was I was not going to say it. I'm not going to say the <laughs> phrase. Um from someone who has played the game for a while. I you know, I did the whole hashtags and tagging people and stuff like that. And um honestly, kind of like what Rory said, the most growth I ever saw on my account was from a meme I posted that just yeah. people liked and they just started sharing it. And that's really all it was like, it didn't matter how many people I tagged it didn't matter the hashtags. Maybe I got more likes or maybe I got one follower uh, from someone looking at the explore page. But in reality, like it is just people liking what you have to post and you just posting things that you like. And that's really all it mm. is. As cheesy as that sounds, from, you know? Yeah, it's cheesy. And I think that it is cheesy because it is a cheesy thing, you know? Yeah. It is what it is but also um i will say that i think that getting off instagram and trying to not think about instagram and in general social media is more important than anything because um you know there's there's a lot more discussion to be had on that but mm -hmm. i think that seeing a lot of people like posting a lot of stuff on instagram and i'm not sure what the goal is of it but I think that, you know, if you're doing something truly authentic that you feel is authentic and that you're enjoying doing and that you're not like trying to monetize it, you know, then things will just come from it um, naturally, you know, rather than trying to force it. Because I think that that's the, the most difficult thing. And especially with this kind of outdoor stuff that, you know, I think that creating something from it 
is interesting like if that's imagery or um you know i guess that people have a lot of different creative outlets when it comes to this um but yeah just try to do something different you know don't do something that you just saw somebody else do and because they've got loads of followers or they've got loads of likes then think that you want to do the same thing because that generally will not work um yeah that, that i mean it won't work yeah <laughs> You can't be like a carbon copy of it. Yeah, yeah. you got to put your own spin on it. You know, it just won't. Yeah, like you said, it won't work it, if you don't. Yeah, and I'm not trying to put people off of it either. I think that that's the whole thing. To I'd love to like maybe even encourage people to try something different. Um, and you know, there's so much out there in regards to the outdoors in general. It's such a big thing, you know. And if everybody wants to just post kind of fit pics outdoors, then they can do it. But if they do want to do something further with it and they want to maybe turn something like this into a career, then I guess think of ways to implement new ideas into it or add something to everything that's going on, like start a new conversation about it. And that could mm -hmm. be something super obscure, like doing a sport that you've never seen anybody even do before. And like, you don't even know much about it, but getting into it and then showing other people it, or, you know, I, I would love to suggest that people even kind of set up like little clubs with their friends where they can take more people outside. And, you know, I've seen a really cool club in, I believe they're based in South Africa. Um, they've been popping up on Instagram a little bit. Um, super want to do some kind of project with them. But I kind of love their energy that they're putting into it and, uh, you know, just reading a little bit into the history behind it is cool. Um, on that note as well, you've got um, my friends from London who set up the Athene Club. Um, super cool because they tried to create like a safe space in the outdoors where women can feel more comfortable. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, and I think, you know, my only advice is that think about these kind of ideas that people are doing you know they're giving back to the community and doing something which is relevant but also i'd say important and empowering yeah it's a good answer do something different do something empowering give back to the community i mean that's my goal with the podcast as well you know yeah and this is why i love what you're doing and that's why i wanted to come on here as well hopefully i like i want to encourage some other people to come on here because i'd love you to speak to marlon on here definitely and i think if you have the opportunity to chat to the girls at Athene club that'd be super cool as well mm -hmm. and like if i ever think of anybody then <laughs> i'd love to like put them your way because you know i this uh, inside the mag we've done a few stories like this as well and i think that to have your outlet is just really cool because i mean i know there's other podcasts out there but there are a lot of them are like based in the states and i've listened to them and they're like so heavily fashion focused mm. that they're just talking about like what you just saw on high snobiety or what yeah. you just saw on hypebeast which you know i don't have anything against it but I think that there's a bigger topic around it all, which is more about the community aspect um, and like, you know, the real stuff that's going on past the fashion kind of forefront. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree that I'm the best to ever do it. Thank you, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, but no, yes, but thank I, you for that. And I, I agree that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. 
as much as it is cool to talk to all these people and to have a podcast and have people listen to it, it really is just about having conversations with fun people who are different from me and also being able to share those with people who are interested in them, you know, as at mm. the end of the day, it's not about the views. It's not about, you know, how many likes I get or whatever. It's just about being able to talk to people and like, you know, build a connection. Of course. That, I mean, that's the great thing about it or especially like that you can do it now. just like worldwide on the internet without even yeah. having to be sat in the same room. Yeah. And it I makes it much easier for the scene that I'm in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Imagine if you had to go everywhere, that'd be. <laughs> we yeah, would not be talking hard right one. Or I'd be living in the UK. Uh, one of the two. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? That quickly popped into my head. Should have said this earlier when it was a bit more on topic. Uh-huh. But for anybody that does want to get into the outdoors and is looking to get some outdoor gear, we're doing that giveaway. Um, mm. Good. Good. Point. I don't know when this podcast is out. <laughs> I think it'll be done by the time the podcast is done. Okay. Out. Well, keep an eye because we're hopefully going to be doing more things like that. And we've done a few okay. giveaways in the past. But yeah, I think that, you know, that's a cool way to definitely try to get into some stuff without having to spend any money on it. Um, also, I'd encourage any of the kind of, I'm going to do this soon. I'm in the current process of like uh, getting some old outdoor stuff that I have. And I'm probably going to just give that away to people that want it or people mm-hmm. that like kind of don't have anything at the minute, but it's something they really want to get into. And I'd probably encourage other people to maybe do that because, you know, we've all got tons of stuff in our wardrobes that we don't need. And it would definitely do better in someone mm-hmm. else's home. Yeah. yeah. You go ahead. I have nothing to say. That was good. <laughs> I was going to say, is there any more questions from anybody else? Um, I think all the other questions that I have received can be asked um, more for the mag for the mag. Yeah. Cool. So save those. I will not delete them. So don't, don't fret. If I didn't ask your question, it'll be asked in a later podcast. And before we end off, if you'd like to rattle off a few people to shout out, I will do the same. This is going to be a, you know, uh, I feel <laughs> bad if I miss somebody out. I've already no, shouted out a couple on. of people. You'll be back on. Don't worry yeah shout out to rob boyd um okay. i don't know if everybody knows him but really good designer um and when we were first starting the mag he had this whole cool archive thing called aisle free um mm-hmm. and you know we borrowed a few bits from them for the first issue and that guy's like you know what he's doing is something i really respect and we've become a bit closer again now, like chat to each other quite a lot. And I think if everybody wants to look at something which could potentially be a bit of like a futuristic outlook on where clothing could go, then definitely check out his page. Um, Yeah. And then there's a cool guy on Insta. I have no idea who he is, um, (laughs) but I've seen him popping up quite a bit recently. I think his name's like Xlim. Have you seen that? Excellent. I'm going to find his app so that other people can check Excellent it out. Link Is that it? I think that's it, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, he's getting a lot of traction now on the old Instagram. But, um, yeah, his stuff's super cool. But, yeah, I uh, really like his silhouettes and his kind of design language that he's going with. And then, whose page do I love, you know? 
if we're talking Insta, I need to think, oh yeah, no, this guy. So um, this guy's from Watford, um, which is where I'm kind of from, basically. I've got a T-shirt from him, which is super sick, but um, he's still studying at the moment, I think. But he's going to do something really cool. I can already see it. And his Instagram is uh, Ezekiel uh oh, this guy you know you about yeah the shirt. yeah 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 so i'll i actually just call him x because that's mm. how i've known as him but um yeah his stuff is super cool and i just you know i like to see these guys that are doing it and they show you a bit of experimentation um you know he's really trying to do something quite cool and the colors as well the blues i love them a lot on a that's basic nice. level that's how i would kind of describe <laughs> it yeah on a basic level you agree with them no i mean like as in like to go into detail there's a lot to talk mm-hmm. about but just yeah, simply yeah. okay yeah okay. yeah 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 um, and then i don't know really there's i guess there's a lot of brands that are kind of doing some cool stuff but i yeah just depends i guess i don't know if uh people have seen like what my friend linus is up to as well with nike server mm-hmm. yeah he just yeah. started popping off yeah his stuff's super cool um i have worked with him a few times on some of those projects and i think i don't know if people know but like the first one that he did was generally just off of his own back um so it wasn't like endorsed by uh vibram at the time um he just kind of went to their store and said he wanted to do this as a project so i have a lot of respect for that because he just did that you know of his own back that was his own thought to do and then uh around the same time we were doing a small project with them and it all kind of linked up so then now vibram are kind of like endorsing him bringing him over to show other people it um just great project overall really very nice very nice yeah and then shout Um, out jack obviously who couldn't be on this one but he's going to be on the next one so oh yeah shout out jack he will be on here eventually he will (laughs) and i'm excited for that one because i did want to talk about the mag a bit more because i think that i don't know how many people know it um but you know i would like everybody that listens to this to at least know what it is i suppose it's just uh kind of the same way that i hope everybody who listens to, well who reads the mag will hopefully start listening to your podcast as well mm-hmm. i hope so too that would be awesome <laughs> uh i will shout out a few pages as well i'm gonna shout out quiet mountain cafe which i'd seen floating around um but I enjoy it. It just looks like a guy posting a bunch of coffee stuff and yeah, they put the coffee in. I think that like, uh, yeah, they make those, um, is it made from Dynex or something? I think that might be what the material is called. Yeah, they do those, they do those um, little mugs with their logo on it, don't they? Um mm-hmm this yeah i like them a lot i've got one that looks quite similar from another brand i'm not gonna say what brand but yeah <laughs> <laughs> no free clout i understand <laughs> yeah then... no but 
it's it's cool stuff, man. Yeah, I like uh, I like their logo as well. They've got a top logo. Yeah, that's one like thing. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that though. Like all these kind of you know nice font, little bit of text, mm-hmm. cool little like illustration of the mountain. It's cool. Yeah, you got that too. I like the Orienteer one a lot, actually. It's a super sick. That's what drew that's what drew me in, honestly. Before even knowing anything about the magazine or knowing that you ran it or anything like that, I saw just the cool logo and I was like, all right, let's check this out. Let's give it a look. Thank you. Yeah, I will shout out I'll shout out the guy that made that logo off the back of that then, if that's cool. Yeah. Of um so it's an old friend of mine, Finn's little brother, called Aiden J M C C on Insta. Um yeah, he's cool. I really love the stuff he does. Um, he made these like super sick t-shirts that you can see on there with these kind of like 3D topographical backgrounds oh, yeah. um, with like 3D scanned faces on them. But yeah, he he made that logo for us in 2019, I believe. And I didn't, I, I'm, I'm not going to just, I'm going to say this on <laughs> here, but it's not like me saying like, oh yeah, but recently i've seen that style of kind of logo on a lot of stuff but to be fair it was based off like a topographical map um but i did see someone that looked like they kind of printed our logo onto a something yeah and won't say who there's no don't need to do that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah exactly it was me i was i was making the mock-ups Right, but yeah, well we got, I think we got that. you need to shout out someone else at least. I do. I will, I will be shouting out two more people. I've got, well, yeah. everyone knows Material Archive, but I haven't been showing them Ooh. enough love recently. So I'm going to shout out them. Big fan of the page. Big page. I would expect people to know, but Material Archive has been into their stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Material Archive. Yeah, super, super cool. I don't know them personally. I chat to them mm-hmm. on Insta a little bit. But um, yeah, I love the stuff they post. Did they repost that picture as well? That mad archerist jacket that someone had literally worn to death, or was that somebody else? I don't know if I've seen that. I don't know. Yeah, it had like all the all the scenes had been like retaped, and people had patched it up, and yeah, that looked awesome to see. Yeah, and I love the topographical kind of prints that people have been doing on fabrics. There was one down there, like on some crazy Dyneema um yeah just i love the i think we all we all love the beading pictures don't we oh yeah look how beads are yeah Yeah, something about that yeah uh so that guy and then also the last one i'll shout out is languid um another larger account um just post like a bunch of aerial shots it looks like i don't i say it looks like i know but i'm not sure if they do anything that isn't that uh, but lots of aerial shots of just cool formations, whether man-made or not. Um, just very, very interesting posts. Really yeah, I love this. I just followed them. Um, didn't actually know them, so thanks for the introduction to that. But this is <laughs> yeah, this is super sick. Um, very cool. Yeah, because I like. Yeah, I, I would love to know whether they're like sourcing the imagery or where mm-hmm. they're sourcing it from. But I think they're super cool. I just actually updated the website for the magazine and the editorial that we shot with uh, Gene Luke, you know, the designer, J underscore LA. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, what, the stuff that we shot with him a while ago, I just put that up on our site now. Let me just double check if it's gone up um, properly. And I've put like a quite cool render from literally just from Google Maps as the background. Mm. Yeah, I love all that stuff. That's that's one thing that like, you know, when we first started the mag, um, when you open out the back of it, it is a map. So the whole thing oh. is obviously based off like an old OS map. So the, yeah. the whole idea is like Mapazine comes mm. from that. But yeah, if you go onto our website, go on to editorial, have a look at the Gene Luke page. Um, you can just about see it in the background. It's not so clear, but it's better on uh, a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's better on, on a city. computer. Oh, okay. It just, it just rendered in. Yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah. And then the back of the first issue was also designed by Aiden, who made our logo. And that was like a kind of like a uh, inspired by the London tube map. Very cool stuff. I, yeah. how long have you been doing the magazine for? Uh, that's an interesting this one. Del- this is a magazine Delvin question that properly. I should be talking about later, actually. I'll, don't answer. We'll save it. We'll save it. But it's we'll just save that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's an interesting story behind it. And actually, I was on a call before our call with mm-hmm. somebody from Canada. Um, and they were asking it. And then had a call a couple of days ago, people asking it. And it's funny <laughs> because like when we were on like a couple of issues, people didn't even ask that, you know wasn't really like a question like no one was really like oh where did it start or what did it do da, 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 da. but now it seems like a lot more people are like kind of just like oh where did that actually come from what was the idea behind it and there is there is an interesting enough story i think mm-hmm. i mean hey well you get you gotta tune back in you gotta get jack on here and everyone tune back in for the story of how the magazine started you know what's really funny actually is that what podcast was I watching? I was watching a podcast, some food one. Well, watching, I say watching, but listening yeah, to a podcast. So people know. <laughs> yeah. I and know. Um, they were talking, talking. They went on for ages. And it was super <laughs> interesting. Gets to the end, and the guy's like, only answered the first two questions. And he's <laughs> like, they're like, we're, we're going to have to get you back on, aren't we? And he's like, yeah, that was my plan the whole time. I'm like, it's kind of that's the funny energy to have about it you know it's like get back on there more information yeah. <laughs> purposefully purposefully lead them astray that's what you've been doing this whole time i understand maybe it is yeah <laughs> i mean i hope i hope that i've said that so, to be honest i hope i've said something that's worthwhile of listening oh to. definitely don't definitely don't worry about that now i hope i also haven't said anything bad or stupid <laughs> but no, you yeah because i had stuff planned for the one about the magazine i had a uh-huh. notes written down on my phone uh-huh. of stuff that i definitely wanted to mention and mm-hmm. stuff that i thought would be cool to like shout out people and just like go into some more info and then kind of just like when i found out jack wasn't going to do it i was like oh do i just go on and just freestyle it now yeah. and i was like i guess that i could but i could end up saying something that i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> no you've been good don't worry and then the uh, the one with Jack will be even better because you'll have even more time to plan. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall, um, you, are you happy with everything we've gone through? Yeah, absolutely. If you're ready to end it off. Um, well, Rory, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Very insightful conversations with you today. No, thank you so much for having me on board. 
I was really, I was, I've been pretty excited about it. Also a little bit nervous because I don't <laughs> even think I've done anything like this before. But um, yeah, keen Thanks to chat again. Great job, man. Yeah, and of course, I'll have you Thank back you. on with Jack. We'll schedule that for whenever, and uh, we'll keep the we'll keep the listeners uh, uh, on the edge of their seats until then. <laughs> cool. Thanks yeah. so much.